Hello and welcome to this episode of Self Made. I'm your host, D. Brown, CEO. My guest today is the president of Athletes Nexus, where she's changing the game one athlete at a time. Please help me welcome Tawana Smith to Self Made. Tawana, thank you. thank you for being on the show today. Thank you so much for having me. So excited you, to talk look, about you what have I love. A, you have an interesting uh, background and so much to, uh, territory to cover, but I want to start at your early years. Like, mm -hmm. where did you grow up and what was your childhood like? Yes, I grew up in West Memphis, Arkansas. Uh, I have to emphasize that because most people think West Memphis is in Memphis. Uh, and a small town uh, that has a lot of basketball greats to yeah. come out. Uh, I had a cousin who played in the NBA, Marcus Brown, who's now coaching at Murray State University. Um, and so our family was a basketball family. Yeah. Uh, traveled, we lived, slept, uh, and drank basketball. Um, <laughs> Uh, my younger sister and I uh, grew up uh, around sports and um, just pretty easy peasy uh, childhood. Yeah. It's not, you know, not very, very much that goes on in West Memphis, but um, we had a very close knit family and centered around basketball. Any challenges growing up as a kid, obstacles you had to uh, overcome? I would say um, tearing my ACL. Uh, of course, most of my answers will probably be around sports, yeah. but I tore my ACL as a junior in high school. And um, like most athletes know, it was pretty traumatic yeah. to go through something that takes away something that you love. Um, and so overcoming that was difficult. Ten months. I just literally had to learn how to walk all over again right. um, and figure out what else I wanted to do with my life um, outside of sports. So, so, but you played basketball in, in high school. I uh, did. Had a, a really good uh, high school career. And it was all right. Yeah, so, so, talk to me about your your basketball career in high school, and yeah. then kind of transitioned me to, to college from there. Yeah, so growing up around sports, um, I took the basketball route, uh, very successful in high school, um, even after tearing my ACL. Uh, Ole Miss yeah. was a school that recruited me heavily before and after my injury, so I rewarded them for their effort uh, <laughs> by signing a full scholarship uh, there. So uh, I went to Ole Miss for four years, hotty toddy, yeah. uh, and um, I had a great career there. I riddled with some injuries. Uh, we made the NCAA tournament, but it was a very enriching experience yeah. prior to me going to play professionally in Europe. So how do you transition from Ole Miss to playing professionally yeah. in Europe? What was that like? It was a great experience. And because I had a cousin uh -huh. who had gone through this, he had even torn his ACL the year before I did. Uh, I feel like I always had a mentor in this yeah. space to prepare me for what was to come, even the questions I didn't know to ask. Right. Um, so he actually was in Spain at the same time that I played in Spain. So we trained together. He hooked me up with an agent, and he basically prepared me for everything I was going to go through, most importantly, mentally. A lot yeah. of people don't think about how hard it is to be away from home, but right. um, it was a transition, a little culture shock, but I feel like I was prepared. Really, so what was the challenge of being away from home? Uh. Uh, Plan. Well, you've got the time difference. Yeah. Uh, so your family is enjoying their holidays and birthdays and all these things. You're seeing your younger cousins grow up and it's like you're missing a chunk of life yeah. while you're enjoying something that's supposed to be so enriching. Right. Um, I did have a great experience, but you got language barriers. Yeah. You have culture shock with the food because it yeah. was very different from what I was used to yeah. um, growing up in the South, of course. What part of Spain were you in? Um, I was in Vigo, so right. it is maybe 45 minutes from um, 
uh, Madrid. Yeah, so, been there a few times. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So beautiful country. Um, you really have to set your mind going in to take in their culture. So yeah. I did try to learn a little Spanish and, you know, tried some different foods to keep me occupied, but it was still difficult being away from home. So kind of just recap your professional uh, basketball career and then how you transition from that into the yeah. professional uh, world that you're in now. Yeah, uh, great, great, great experience. I got a chance to meet a lot of people, uh, see places that I otherwise otherwise wouldn't have been able to visit, um, but it was a natural transition for me. Yeah. Uh, growing up in that environment, being able to be around agents and financial advisors and the like, uh, I felt like I was always being prepared considering I'd had an injury, uh -huh. uh, which was key because it showed me that the game was not gonna last forever. Right. right? right. Uh, so I was always preparing for my life after sport. And it just so happened that during the summers, I would go back to Ole Miss and tutor the football and basketball players. And so I started learning how to connect with them and help them through different challenges. Uh, so my second summer home when uh -huh. I was training, um, I had an alumnus, uh, Walt Chenault, who um, is a great mentor to me even to this day, offered me a position with Merrill Lynch. Okay. And um, it was a great opportunity. I said yes. And the way that I was able to keep uh, connected to sports was to work with professional athletes in that way. And I haven't gotcha. looked back since. So you've been a former professional athlete. Mm -hmm. uh, what are some of the challenges that you have to help yeah. current athletes navigate? Oh, where do we start? Uh, <laughs> well, first and foremost, coming into a large sum of money quickly yep. for young people who aren't used to that, um, it's very difficult to change their psyche about money. Right. Uh, so I spent a lot of time um, mentoring them, teaching them, educating them about the process, them and their families. Um, helping them learn the business because it moves so fast, right? right? Uh, many times they're comparing their lives to veterans very different, yeah, <laughs> yeah. unless you're a lottery pick, it's very different. Uh, so I spent a lot of time um, growing them up quickly. They're very yeah. hands-on in the beginning, uh, dealing with a lot at one time. And what we don't always understand is that they're still humans. They're still young people trying to figure things out. Right. So I, I would say I spend more time teaching them and mentoring them. Now, you started your business, mm -hmm. Athletes Nexus. Yes. So tell me about the company, yeah. what you do, and what inspired you to start the firm. Yeah, yeah. Well, first and foremost, everybody thinks agent when you think pro athletes. Yeah. Everything goes through the agent. Every decision that's made for their lives, their careers, it goes through their agent. You have some good agents out there who are in this business for the right reasons. And then you got some sharks. Yeah. And so after seeing primarily black athletes uh, go through a lot of issues just because they don't know the business. Um, it prompted me to start a firm where I could help them manage those non-sport areas of their lives. Yeah. So from the financial planning to starting businesses, nonprofits, to um, handling their requests, to finding endorsements, um, I wanted my firm to be that right hand, that trusted hand yeah. that allowed them to be a little bit more independent in the right. space. So do you do you work hand in hand with their agents to I do. accomplish these things? I do. I think of myself as the quarterback or uh -huh. the point guard um, in sports terms on their team. So I do. I am the point person for that athlete 
with their agent, their accountants, their attorneys, the person who does their custom clothes yeah. and all of those different things because I don't just want to handle the business. I want to make sure they understand how the business works, right? right. They're very busy. They're yeah. very busy when they're in the lights, as I call it. Right. Uh, and so, yeah, I, I have to be, you know, hands on with everything. So what inspired you, though? Because it seemed that this is something that you're very passionate about. Very. Yeah. And so what what's your inspiration in wanting to pour uh, this knowledge and, and influence into their lives? Yeah. Well, initially, I started in the business as a financial planner with right. them. And so going through that experience and getting calls from people, you know, asking for money or that these athletes owe money for things, it prompted me to take a deeper look at the way I was supporting them because they needed a little bit more support than just investing advice. Yeah. Um, and so I had a couple of clients who were taken advantage of um, in some situations and it really propelled me to expand my business model a right. little bit, you know, um, and to ensure that I was covering all the bases they needed covered. Because again, sometimes they don't know what they don't know. Right, so, right. Yeah. And, and of course, when uh, these young men come into a large sum of money, mm -hmm. uh, people come from everywhere. Uh. They you come know, out with, of the woodwork. <laughs> with, with ideas on what they should do with yeah. it and asking for things and asking yeah. them to invest in things. So what advice do you give to young athletes to try to help them mentally prepare for, the, for that moment that's going to, you yeah. know, inevitably come? Yeah, they have got to have the right team around them. They have to have some trusted individuals um, who whose influence isn't so dependent on making money from them, right? Sometimes those are family members, but most of the times the family members aren't equipped or qualified as well. Right. Um, and so I always suggest that if they can have an attorney at a minimum, because of course they have a fiduciary duty to right. act in their best interest, um, that they're running everything through, uh, that is probably one of the best things. The second best is a mentor. You yeah. need an older athlete or retired athlete in your corner uh, that can prepare you for some of those things. Yeah. So. Uh, give uh, you know, the viewers uh, just a couple examples of some of the horror stories you've heard. I know we can't name names yeah. particularly, but just some examples of some of the horror stories you've heard uh, with these young men. Oh, yeah. Uh, or, or seen. So, you know, I had a client drafted into the NBA. Um, and so, of course, people think, you know, as soon as you get drafted, you get a lot of money. Uh, that's not true for all of those athletes. Right. Um, but what happens is they get to accumulating a lot of debt. Uh, right. They're buying the cars and the clothes and the jewelry and they're traveling prior to what they aren't always told, though, is that you're going to have to pay that money back. Right. And so I did have a client that, you know, upon season starting and getting his first check, we get an invoice uh, for much more than his first paycheck was worth. And of course, he didn't know that he was going to have to pay all of those things back. Um, and so we had to uh, go through a little some, some legal uh, ramifications behind that, but just kind of educating them yeah. that that stuff is not free <laughs> right. by far. So um, uh, that was one instance. And then, of course, we have a, a lot of um, child custody and paternity cases popping up um, right. because they don't always realize that they're high risk professions. Right. 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 Everybody wants to kind of get you caught up in something. Right. And so, right. um, yeah, I've had clients deal with those things uh, as well. And that's something that I'm sure a lot of young guys going into the NFL, or NBA or any of the other sports, basketball, yeah. they don't really think about that yeah. component that there are people out there that want to have a baby oh, yeah. so that they can 
It's uh, a big deal. Yeah. I usually teach them some of the things they need to look for yeah. <laughs> in the women that they choose, um, you know, as far as them, you know, being educated or having their own passions and things. So they're not so dependent on them and just right. to protect themselves. But it is something that um, some young ladies make a career out of. It. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so, yeah, so I have to do a lot of that. Yeah. I have to do a lot of that kind of educating. But now, beyond just uh, advising athletes, mm -hmm. uh, you are also an author, mm -hmm. a motivational speaker, and yeah. the list goes on and on. So uh, talk to yeah. me about, you know, you being an author and what you got on the horizon. Oh, yeah. Uh, you know, I think that we all get to a point in our careers that we're more passionate about giving back. Right? Yeah. You get to a certain level of success and you just want to share, you know, the knowledge and experience. So uh, I am a published author. My first work, Surviving the Lights, became a bestseller in 2017. Uh -huh. uh, and that book was designed to teach young, aspiring professional athletes about all of the aspects of the sport business. You can't just be a good athlete. Yeah. OK, you've got to understand how to be good in a lot of different areas. Right. Um, my next book, which will be coming out in just a month or two. And I have a copy here for you. Uh, okay. Plan two. Um, this book is designed to help those who support athletes. Right. Okay. I think today the game is calling for a more sophisticated athlete. OK, yeah. they have a lot more decisions. You've got NIL. You have athletes who are more vocal right. and they're activists, so right. to speak, where they're speaking to their needs. Right. So the people around them have a lot more responsibility um, to reach them and prepare them to deal with all of those life decisions. And so this work will be available November 15th. And I have a copy for you. Thank you. Thank you very um, much. And I teach a lot on some of the principles uh, that I stand on. Mm -hmm. Leadership, uh, effective communication, which I think is a skill all yeah. athletes need, uh, and um, accountability. And so I've had the privilege of working with the major leagues, the NFL, the yeah. HBCU Celebration Bowl, um, and just different institutions uh, who are trying to develop athletes. So talk to me about your position on leadership and yes. why it's so important. Yes, yes, yes. Uh, we are leaders. Uh, athletes, and I work with a lot of entrepreneurs as well. Uh, I think that it's important uh, for people who have a talent, who have yeah. a skill, who have that presence yeah. to lead, to be equipped to do so properly, right? right. Uh, the one skill that I focus on more than anything is communication, yeah. right? Uh, I tell my young people, you're going to be selling yourself for the rest of your life. If you're on social media, if you are trying to get a job, if you're trying to get recruited or get a right. pro position, right. you're selling yourself, okay? You need to be able to do that confidently in a myriad of ways. And so um, I host a lot of workshops. I don't like to really think of them as just speaking yeah. workshops. I want them to be hands-on learning how to communicate and articulate themselves clearly got you so, so talking about speaking on workshops you, you you also are passionate about financial literacy very yes uh, start first of all by telling me why are you so passionate and feel that financial literacy is so important because we yeah. we know that is the actually the case especially yeah. in communities of colors but yes of color but also among uh you know the, the, the professionals that you represent as well yeah yeah um, of course, seeing those deficits firsthand, you know, alerted me to it. But <clears throat> from my own personal experience, growing up in a blue collar family, we didn't have a lot at all. Um, to the point that I am now, I realized that the difference between the haves and have nots is information, right? right? And what to do with that information. Right. Uh, so uh, my colleagues and I started a uh, financial literacy curriculum that is culturally inclusive um, at the start of the pandemic. 
Yeah. And so you had people losing jobs. You had people shutting down schools. And um, you're hearing a lot about the loss of learning. Right? Yeah. And so we were like, man, if our kids get set back in this way, um, the life skills as well. And this one is an important one. Um, it has the potential of setting a lot of families back at least two generations. And so we began to do our research and we yeah. pulled standards from all of the, the high school curriculums on personal finance from the White House, the National Financial Educators Council. We had focus groups uh -huh. of educators and the like. And so um, we have created a program um, that we've administered with <clears throat> about 10 organizations. Uh -huh. We just worked with the Boys and Girls Club um, and had an amazing pilot program with them. And so we want to teach these young people about money, business and economics, but we want to help them turn that knowledge into skills. Yeah. And to do that, they have to be hands on in the process. Absolutely. Now, what's the name of your, your program? It's called the Teen Money Box. Teen Money Box. Teen Money Box. And, yes. and, and what age group does that program uh, actually try to target? Yes, we target 13 through 18 year olds. Yep. Um, our reasoning is that these young people are learning more about the world. Uh, they're getting out and being engaged in their communities. A lot of them are working. Yeah. Um, and so we work alongside a lot of workforce development programs that as these young people are working yep. and learn, earning money, they're learning how it works and right. how to use it. So responsible banking, saving, uh, credit, a lot of the decisions that they will face in the coming years, we want to make sure that they're prepared to make you know good decisions. Now, I know you mentioned that you had a cousin that uh, mentored you, but other than your cousin, uh, are there any other individuals that have been very instrumental uh, in your life and helping to yes. propel you to where you are? I'm always going to say my parents. So yeah. I come from old school parents, yeah. okay, <laughs> that uh, they had old school rules. And a lot of times people think that, um, you know, people have to have money to teach you about money. We didn't have a lot, but I learned a lot of financial principles on discipline yeah. from my parents, uh, you know, and how to save and uh, how to budget and paying your bills on time and that sort of thing. Um, I would also like to say Walt Chenault, the gentleman mm -hmm. who gave me my start in this business, um, who is, he used to be a cheerleader at Ole Miss, paralyzed from yeah. the neck down, but a super successful financial advisor. Um, so he inspires me on that front, but he took the time to mentor me and teach me, um, you know, how to operate and navigate right. in this field. So why, why do you feel that mentorships oh. are so vitally important? Oh, I love. So and I talk about this in my book. There is so much to be gained from that experience for the mentor and the mentee. Um, but I think it's important for us, number one, to have that human connection with someone yeah. um, that we can relate to. All right. The second piece to that, though, is not knowing what you don't know and having someone there to teach you. Um, a lot of times we think that just knowing the rules is enough, right? right. But there's some game that's yeah. missed in that, right? right. Uh, so it's very important to have someone that can give you that game and prepare you for the questions you don't yet know to ask right. so that hopefully we can advance a lot of our intellectual capital. Yeah, and, and so not only that, when you when you know the rules, sometimes the rules are not always applied. No, that is e true. You know, <laughs> equally and fairly. So that is true. having having someone who can help you understand right. that reality and how to deal with those right. uh, circumstances Which, yeah. that, that will arise. Yeah. Which we know is an issue in the black community. And again, having children, I have a five-year-old and a seven-year-old. Yeah. Uh, I'm very keen to um, how the existing system of yeah. um, 
oppression in some ways, right? Yeah. Again, back to information, haves right. and have nots. We know that there are differences in our schools and that sort of thing. Um, I want to make sure that everyone has equal access to that type of information. Right. So, so you mentioned earlier that one of the things that's important to you is giving back. And yes. for me, um, you know, being involved with uh, the communities in mm -hmm. which I operate, giving back to uh, the institutions and yeah. uh, organizations that uh, have been instrumental in, in being part of my success is, is really important. I want to talk to you about uh, your involvement in your community and what type of work you're doing. Yes. Oh. Well, first, I'm a, a proud member of Delta Sigma Theta Sorority Incorporated, um, and we are very, very active in the community and a lot of initiatives. Um, you can give back a lot of things. I donate money to several organizations. You can give time, and yeah. I do give my time in the community, mostly to young people. Yeah. Um, I try to support them, the young entrepreneurs. I support their businesses. Uh, you can give back information, and yeah. I do that through Team Moneybox. Um, and you can give back things. Um, I also have a scholarship fund, the Tawana Inman Smith now charitable fund, uh, where we've uh, given money to graduating girls basketball players in Crittenden County who want to continue their education. They don't have to play sports, but I want to support their dreams if right. they're trying to further their education. So, uh, yeah, I'm very, very passionate yeah, no, <laughs> about giving back. Well, you know, that's to me, that's a that's a very important part of, yes. you know, just being successful, yeah, uh, you know, you can't do it and be selfish. Right, um, pay it forward. You have to, you have have to, pay, to pay it forward. forward. Um, I want to understand, though, from a legacy standpoint, it seems that you are trying to accomplish something uh, that's very uh, life-changing to yeah. a lot of people. Uh, what do you want your legacy to be? Uh, I would like my legacy to be um, someone who's a fearless, inspirational, uh, yet collaborative leader. Yeah. Right. Um, when we talk about leadership, it doesn't mean that you um, it's not about you leading yeah. as much as the impact that you leave. So I hope to encourage uh, young girls who want to pursue their dreams as an entrepreneur. I hope yeah. to encourage young women who are trying to make their mark in the sport industry to be courageous and in being innovative, you know, and go for what you know. Yeah. Um, and I hope to encourage my children to dream big yeah. um, and to know that they can accomplish anything that they put their mind to. Well, you mentioned your children and obviously family is always uh, an important yes. component of every, I feel, you know, successful. A well-rounded individual. Yes. So, what role does family play play in your your uh, life? So important. As I mentioned, we have been a close-knit family my entire life, uh, from supporting my cousin. Um, but it's really important to me, um, especially after the pandemic, right? Yeah. Beforehand, for sure. But I think that we all were made aware of the limits on our time, right? right? And the time that we have with one another. So I really try to engage my children. They travel with me a lot. They yeah. sit in on my workshops. My son's doing SWOT analyses with really? me. Okay. Um, and so they're, they're hands-on with mama because I can't take it with me. Right, okay? right. And if I want to pay it forward, I'm definitely going to start with my children. And so you, and you mentioned something that's very important. And, and I, I say this often that it's not often talked about uh, in the uh, black community. Uh, you, you can't take it with you. Mm -hmm. So how important is uh, building generational wealth oh. to you? That's what the Team Money Box is all about. Um, it's huge because it starts at home. Right. Um, when you have a generation of entrepreneurs or more educated, uh, you know, generation, I would say uh, we have a duty 
to pass that down. And one thing that we do through the Team Money Box is encourage parents. You have your own businesses. Yeah. Bring your children into that. Teach them. Right. You know, that's the blueprint. It's that's that blueprint. simple. Teach them so that they can keep that going uh, for your family legacy, but also to to build up the community and inspire another family. Right. So, yeah, I have uh, I think about four of my children that work. Uh, yes. for me. Oh, I love to and, see uh, it. Yeah, and so I want them to be there even yes. if they don't want to be there you know, at right. the moment because, you know, obviously um, having them in that environment and having them around eventually yes. to be contagious. Right, right. Uh, I want to ask you though to just, if you had to give a piece of advice to uh, a young athlete uh, that's getting ready to, uh, you know, make it to the uh, professional uh, realm, what piece of advice would you give them? Hmm. I would probably tell them to know know themselves, right? You should know yourself better than anyone else. And I'm not just talking about as an athlete. Yeah. Know yourself. Know your strengths. Know what you bring to the table. Um, you know, your skills, because I think that that breeds confidence yeah. in a lot of ways. When you're very aware of your strong areas and your weak, because yep. you need to know what areas not to pursue, right. um, it gives you a different type of confidence that allows you to walk through that space um, proudly, boldly, but then not to fear leaving that space. Right. Okay, Because right? Right. fear can be crippling. Uh, so I would say know yourself. Yep. Know yourself. And I'm going to ask one final question. Yeah. Uh, why should an athlete reach out to the Athletes Nexus for help? Oh, that's a great question. <laughs> <laughs> we are experienced, objective, former athletes who know this business, and our only incentive is to see you win. Yeah only incentive is to see you win, regardless of what you're doing on the court and on the field, the way our business model is set, um, it's dependent upon you being a total success and right. not just a successful athlete. So and that's you, that's yeah. very important and it's very, very good work that you're doing. Yes. Thank you Thank so you. much for taking time out your very busy schedule to be on the show. I yes. really appreciate it and, it and look forward to chatting more off the set. Yes. To my viewers, thank you for watching this episode of Self Made with D Brown CEO. And remember, without you, there's no me.